Today's talk is with painter Miranda Bolton, who lives and works in Cambridge. She studied art history at Sheffield Hallam University and then went on to do art at Terps Banana Art School in London. In 2021, she won the Jackson's Painting Prize and has exhibited widely since then. She describes her paintings as nature mort of flora. Her work is a response to historical references within this genre. Art historical images are translated through memory into a contemporary pictorial language, linked through expressive colour, gesture and form. Each painting is an ongoing conversation between past and present, an exploration of new forms from old imagery and narratives. Painting for Miranda is a complex and endlessly fascinating medium. She says Amy Silman sums it up with her, quote, Making a painting is so hard it makes you crazy. You have to negotiate surface, silhouette, line, space, zone, layer, scale, speed and mass, while interacting with the metasurface, meaning text, sign, language, intention, concept and history. You have to simultaneously diagnose the present, predict the future and ignore the past to both remember and forget. You have to love and hate your objects and subjects, to believe every shred of romantic and passionate mythos about painting, and at the same time, cast our gimlet eye on it. Hello, Miranda. It's really lovely to be here and um, talk with you about colour. So I wondered if you'd like to um, just introduce your practice and tell us a little bit about how you use colour in your painting. Okay, so I'm Miranda Bolton and I'm a painter and I live and work in Cambridge and I use colour very instinctively within my work. Um, it's very important to me as all the sort of formal elements are gesture, colour, form and I, for me it's a bit of a dance really. I haven't, I take an image from art history and I work with floral imagery and I work from memory of this image and so I start with sort of distinct colours in my brain that I want to use but the whole process of painting, I'm very much a process painter so for me it's a journey of kind of painting away from that initial memory and it gets to a point where I'm sort of, I'm conscious and unconscious of what I'm doing, it's a bit of like sort of going underwater and above water, a bit of a dance when I'm actually in the flow in the studio so I'm sort of instinctually responding to the colours that I've laid down and the marks and the gestures. So it starts off quite strategic, but then becomes much more instinctual. And then I suppose after, I've probably got about three hours of intense concentration painting yeah. in me. And as I come out the sort of other end of the kind of, I suppose, the painting session, I kind of become aware of it again. And I kind of bring that conscious memory back to the painting. And I suppose I analyse it, is it working, you know, do the marks sit well together, do the colours, you know, give the emotional response I want, does yeah. the gesture do that? Um, and I'm also very, something I'm very much aware of with, with colour, I mean, it's the spaces in between, and it's not that they have no colour, it's just you have the, in the same way as you have a big built-up gesture, and or you have a calm gesture and then a... a, a a kind of angry gesture or a, yeah. um, you know, you have a bright colour and then you have a calming colour. 
And it's like, it's just sort of instinctually now when it all works together. Yes, yeah, a kind of balancing act, I suppose. It's a balancing act. So, you know, when you're in the middle of it, you're kind of instinctively using all your so subconscious built-up memories and ideas and, and, and responses to harmony and or, or not harmony, if that's your intention, um, and memory. And then at the end, it kind of comes together. But I'm analysing something I don't really like to be aware of. I just know that that's what's happening. Yeah, so you're in the flow, I suppose, when you're making a painting, which is largely unconscious or subconscious, although I'm sure as you're getting paint out, you kind of, that might be what you're talking about when you're above and under the water, is it? You're sort of dipping back into conscious choices and back into the flow again where it's not so... It is, but I mean, even when you're kind of um, choosing a colour, it's not always I want to choose a red to go here you're just literally playing and seeing what happens and I mean that's where I love playing with oil colour because it's so forgiving because if something is really really wrong actually it promotes often um, provokes the right response so you, you by going wrong you go right but also you can take it off you can scrape back you can play back into it you can build up more layers over the top I can use spray paint over the top I can use all these different things so you say that you work from other paintings can you tell us a bit more about that well I studied art history and for me my practice is very much about this conversation with art history Um, it's always been immensely important to me and a huge huge interest I just I'm a bit of a geek in this way I really I love it's it's how I access the past I love thinking about how painters lives have been what sort of people they were the environment they lived in, um, it just, it gives kind of way into that kind of, I suppose just fleshes them out as people and really, and how they're responding and the work, it, it, it just fascinates me. Anyway, um, a few years ago I did realise probably where this comes from because my, I think we discussed about this before, didn't we, my grandpa was a painter and he died before, so was my granny actually, and they went to the Royal College and that's where they met in the 1930s. Oh. And... Um, when I was a girl growing up, he died before I was born, but my granny, he had a, a studio in Salisbury, or just outside Salisbury, and um, my granny kept it exactly the same as the day that he died. Oh, wow. uh, just paintbrushes, just by an easel, you know, half-finished painting, um, just, you know, detriments of a painting. Painter's life everywhere. <laughs> Well-lived, I might add. <laughs> and I used to sneak into there, and I used to sit there, and I used to kind of have imaginary conversations with him. I used to look at his works. I used to... It just brought it to life for me. And I think I worked out a few years ago that this fascination with art history is very much probably was sparked by that. And it's uh, I have similar conversations with the artists that I'm yeah. kind of working with. You know, I, I maybe not, you know, when I'm working with their work, I look at their brushstrokes and my details. I sort of imagine them, you know, making those brushstrokes and what their thoughts were and, you know, maybe what they had for tea. And it just brings it to life so it's, it's really having a conversation with their work and then I take those images which are usually sometimes seen in life very lucky we have the Fitzwilliam Museum in Cambridge where I've been very lucky to spend time with paintings and um, all books or on my phone even but it's just having access to that kind of immediate memory really but it isn't about replicating it it's about a sense it's a time it's a place it's touching on something You know, I have my own visual language very much, so it's bringing that to somebody else's and it's kind of like this kind of fusion and seeing where it goes. But, I mean, I don't think occasionally you know which painting it may have come from, but usually it doesn't end up anything like it. That sounds quite a powerful experience, you know, to 
had that relationship with your grandfather even though he he passed um and as a young person that must have um you know been immensely powerful I, I imagine yes definitely um it was, I think I'm incredibly lucky to have had that experience. Mm. Um, and my granny was an amazing orator and she used to tell us just incredible stories about him and their lives together and stuff. So it was lovely because I had it sort of fleshed out as well. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I was very but, lucky to have access to those memories. And that kind of became a template for r- relating to other artists. I think life. so, yes. And I didn't yeah. realise that for years. It's no. just, you know, you know what you're interested in, you know what you're fascinated by, you don't really know why. And it takes a long time, I think, of doing the process over and over again or refining that process to actually understand mm. why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the subject matter, mm-hmm. um, you talk about flowers. Um, yes, I think, I mean, this is the other thing, I think this, this ties in with the history of, painting um it's time for me I'm always really fascinated by um and painting for me in capture it's time I mean literally it's time and space in a capsule isn't it you are painting space (laughs) so there's all those sort of formal elements it is and then you have with floral imagery it's the you know um shows the process of time you know a flower it's it's this process of life, isn't it? Beauty yes. and death in, in one. It's very poignant. I think it's very sad. I think it's very beautiful. I think it's very emotional in itself. Um, and it kind of, for me, it covers the massive, big things in the everyday. So I think it has that kind of emotional pull and power and interest for me. It visualizes, it's sort of a visual thing of thoughts that I have. And then it allows me to really get into the formal elements by sort of in some way solving my subject matter I'm allowed to then really get into deeply into what's actually going on on the surface yeah and sometimes I mean sometimes I think the smaller thing you're looking at the more you get further quicker yeah you're more focused you're more focused I mean probably 10-15 years ago I was painting figurative paintings floral or still lives landscapes and whenever it got problematic in the studio, I would just swap genre, literally. And it was actually really slowing me down. And it wasn't until I really committed um, to, you know, exploring this kind of scene of art history or, you know, this, this, this genre of painting that, um, you know, I really felt like I was starting to get somewhere in my inquiry. Yeah, yeah. So you started off uh, with an art historical background, but... Um uh, did you did you also do some courses, some practical courses? Um, I did. I did A level art, and then when I was sort of mid twenties onwards, I started going to different painting, drawing classes, sculpture, just trying different oh. things out. So I never did a foundation. So I sort of feel that was my kind of foundationy time yeah, exploring yeah. on my own. And then um, when I turned thirty. Um, I was married by this point and um, we sold our flat in London and me and my husband went travelling and we went away for eight months and we lived in LA for a while and we um, hired an apartment and I just sat and painted and drew for about six months mm. and it was it was just amazing. I didn't yeah. judge anything, I just allowed myself to be what I considered not right but to develop. Yeah. Um, and yes, it's absolutely liberating. So when I came back from that, I basically set, worked part-time and set up a studio mm. and moved forward from there. That sounds a very exciting time, it big, was, big change. Definitely. And then yeah. having children, you know, I've really, I've just carried it on since having children. But when I had my second son, 
I really wanted to do an MA, but my I couldn't physically get there. So it's the first year that Terps Banana was set up. Oh, yeah. And I did the correspondence course with them, which yeah. is absolutely fantastic. I mean, it gave me critical input, gave me deadlines every three months, and it also um, allowed me to meet a lot of other artists. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I thought I'd do one year and ended up doing three, and it was just what I needed. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and did you think your work changed much over that period? Yes, dramatically. And I, yeah. um, this is something actually before this interview I was reflecting on my use of colour within my work, and this really occurred to me and became very apparent. When I was on the Turks course, I was immensely scared of colour. Mm. I was doing a lot of monotone, um, and I used colour as very much a highlight. Yeah. So I'd always have a, like a tonal palette and then it was just an accent in there. Yeah. It's really fearful, um, <laughs> which was weird because when I was sixth form, um, you know, the, the things that I loved and now I can, I can see the link with my kind of visual language and everything now, but um, was expressionism oh, yeah. and fauvism. And, you know, can't get any more color, <laughs> clashing colours than that. The tease and Flamingo, Flamingo was a huge one for me. Um, mm. And... So actually, it was quite bizarre. But over over the years, it's and actually over the years by studying or allowing these other painters into my you know dialogue, I suppose, into my practice, they've helped me come to terms with colour and get to yeah. a point where I use colour. I think now how I want to use colour. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Mm. And I think it was Winifred Nicholson who was the one that really liberated me. Um, she she had um, well she wrote quite a bit about colour oh. didn't she she was fascinated oh yes um, her colour was absolutely and actually you know flowers and colour would go and she did um, a lot of work towards the end of her life with prisms yes and uh, you know the, the different uh, amazing paintings um, and rainbows and working with that yeah have you, have you worked with prisms or is that I haven't I, do, I looked at her early work I, I felt oh. from my own um, those ones I found most interesting mm. Um, not the prismatic ones, which were really the last sort of five, ten years of her life. Yeah. Um, but her use of colour throughout her life was incredible. Yeah. And you've and there's some Winifred Nicholson paintings in Kettle's Yard. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three or four in Kettle's Yard, yes, mm. yeah. Another reason we're lucky in Cambridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, are there any particular artists that are important for you now? Yes, um... I have been looking further back recently um, to Rachel, Rachel Roish. I don't know if I ever say that particularly well. There is a painting of hers in the Fitzwilliam Museum, and I've done a lot of work on that one oh, yeah. and memories of that one. Um, and also another lady called Mary Moser, who was a founding member of the Royal Academy, Academy alongside Angelica Kaufman. Oh. And I am... Um, well, I've got a big body of work around her. Mm. She's a very interesting character. She was quite a woman. She, um, yes, incredible woman for her time. Yeah. <laughs> very, very interesting person to work with, I have to say. So I'm really, really enjoying that. Um, and I'm also looking forward. I've just, I, the Mirandi exhibition oh, yes. is on at, um, in London, is it Estoric? Yes. Yes, historic yeah. collection. I'm going to go and see that. And I have done a little bit of work with Mirandi's flower paintings before. So I've got quite a lot of ideas about that. Yeah. And also Francis Bacon, who's somebody I absolutely adore. Um, there's a few paintings he's done with flowers. There's probably about four oh, really? or five. Just yeah. little gestures in the corners and stuff. And I think yeah. I'm working with those as well. 
Um, so I've got some nice ideas, but I kind of need to finish this big body of work I'm on at the moment, but I'm kind of itching for these little ones yeah, as well. Yeah, seeing the next yes. project out there. Yes, just playing with them. Again. And they're, they're quite different approaches, aren't they? Morandian. Oh, um, incredibly different. This is, it. this is the amazing thing. It's just like letting somebody in and then you... you I mean, I think... <sighs> Probably ten years ago, I don't know if I could have done this so much, but I do feel like I'm strong enough in my own style and what I do. And I understand why I'm doing it and why I'm using these people. It's not. It's just yeah, it's strong enough that I think I can cope with them. Although <laughs> Bacon is a big personality to take on. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> it's interesting how this kind of art his- history background comes through in a practical way mm. because for a lot of art historians. It, it doesn't really, does it? It's no, all, no, all no. stays with words. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I mean, actually, I think it took me years to desaturate from words and images and everything. It was, yeah, it was very hard. And I, I was too, uh, well, you kind of get trained to just look at everything, and it, it, but, but analysing it, and that's why it's quite hard. And I don't really like to define yeah. the process because, you know, you take it slightly, take the enjoyment and mystery away from it, you know? Th- yes, I understand that. And I think there is that weight of um, having studied art history that you've got all these artists in the back of your head. Mm. And I think it was, was it Guston who said, you have to wait till they all go out of the studio. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's the process we're talking about. You know, when you're yeah. underwater, you're not aware of the, the ghosts or the voices in your head or the images, bank of images. And I found very much that um, when I had children, it was really actually very beneficial for me in that way because I stopped going to see so much art. Mm. and I allow myself to kind of desaturate and that's maybe now I, I'm really quite specific about what I see because I like to keep myself quite open for the for the artists I'm working with yeah. and a whole yeah. bank of other people yeah oh that's really interesting and so just thinking about your process mm-hmm. um, so you'll have looked at the artists that you're connecting with and um, do, do, does it take a long time to make a painting do you do it over time or is it, you know, something that you do, um, does it all come at once? Or? Usually it all comes at once. I'm quite a fast painter, and I think that comes out in my paintings. Um, and, but I do, you know, occasionally I'll work back into them. Mm. Um, and then uh, there's something we haven't talked about so over the last probably three years now. I've been using spray paint oh, yeah. um, as well, which actually I think brings an interesting angle to colour because it brings in texture. Yeah, and I think those two obviously are intrinsically entwined um, within painting. Yeah, I'm looking at the painting over there, mm-hmm. and uh, it's quite interesting how you you're working with quite impasto paint mm-hmm. in some areas, but yes, you've got that s- spray paint which is pushing everything yeah. forwards. Yeah. I think I just love the kind of powdery kind of I don't know, it's soft. It's it's kind of. It's just something very, well, it's incredibly different to the kind of hard impasto built-up paint. And I think that kind of contrast on the surface just adds a really interesting element yes. to the work. And, you know, those impas- those spray paint colours are really important because, you know, I use some so sometimes very nice pastel-y ones, but then when they're quite dramatic as well, it yeah. really pushes the kind of... Um, the oil and pasta paint forward, as you say, it gives a really nice depth of the field within yeah, it, which is yeah. something else interesting about texture. How can texture do that? It's like, this is a bit of a mystery to me. <laughs> and um, so obviously when you're looking at somebody's painting and that's 
um, that's an essence that you're working with for your own work. Mm. There are certain colours that you see there, but I was wondering about your own colour palette. Do you have colours that come in without you realising or colours that you're drawn to? I suspect that my mood dictates colours. Mm. Um, maybe the time of year dictates colours. I think, I think those all things subconsciously play into it. Um, Yes, I've been through phases. I definitely think there's phases. I've been through a blue phase and a yellow phase and a pink phase, and you know, and sort of something where like, oh gosh, I've just done. <laughs> I think there's a lot of pink in these. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what's going on here? And it may not be anything to do with the artist I'm looking at. It's just come out of me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the power of emotion from colour is huge, hmm. and I have different collectors and friends who close relationships with people who kind of follow my work and I know that some of them love certain ones oh, yeah. and I know when I've produced a painting I'm like oh god this person's going to absolutely love this one and somebody else is going to think it's not so good you know I mean you yeah. just yeah. you know everybody has their attraction yeah is in your favourite colour I mean we just do don't we yeah absolutely and, and it can be something that's cyclical as you say um do you, do you paint in series or do you, are they kind of one-off? or? Um, usually series because mm. I've been looking at somebody and um, often working towards an exhibition of works around that person. Um, something else I've done over the last probably four years, I do um, series of works on paper oh. as well. And I think I have a studio in the garden and it's not very warm, so at times of year there is a, when it's really cold and I'm not brave enough to get into the studio it gives me a nice sort of thing that I can work on so I'm still moving the process forward but actually I find them incredibly liberating because however much I try not to there is a weight to canvas mm -hmm. you know it's expensive there's a lot of paint you're using you're really invested in the canvas whereas a piece of paper just has a different feel to yeah. it you so know? you can be freer oh, I can be freer I can rip it up instantly and bin it and not care and but with that becomes I suppose even less you're freer you yeah. can play more and you know I've, I've definitely developed a lot more of sort of my visual language through this playfulness yeah yeah so are you working in oils on paper yes, oils on yeah. paper yeah, yeah, yeah. Again. so then you can take those elements back into your work on canvas precisely yeah with more I suppose it makes you more confident about hmm? using that uh hmm. Language, yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like, oh gosh, that's a new one. Fantastic. I, you know, I'll play with that and more, and you know, bring yeah. it out again. Just. You know. And do you work on the wall or do you work on the floor? Or? Um, usually on the wall. Yes. Yes. But when I'm, I'm, it won't be. I'm on a table when I'm doing the works on paper. Yeah, yeah. And are they a different scale? The works on paper, or yes, much smaller, much oh, much smaller. Yeah. Um, so they are really just far away but some of them are fantastic and some of them I wish I could do big paintings but I don't quite know how I could do this yeah yeah it's interesting mm. what a change of scale you know the what what difference it makes mm. isn't it yeah. massively definitely yeah. definitely I also I mean in some ways maybe I prefer small or large I love the large kind of really when you, you're using your body and it's very physical yeah um, complete stretch yes I love that that sort of gesture so you're actually kind of really immersed in it's just the physicality of the paint and your body and everything I think that's really so the ones in the middle could be a bit more awkward then um, yeah they have their place <laughs> <laughs> maybe from an enjoyment perspective 
yeah really like oh I'm in the flow it's like small because you're just like throw away on paper whatever just churning them out and seeing what happens if you just allow yourself to just completely free up and then you know the big ones you're like really in yeah the big brush you know, <laughs> really enjoy I can see the enthusiasm um and I wondered with oils are you using particular mediums or no I'm very experimental I just literally and I don't I sometimes mix colours but not, not very often um, I do a lot of mixing on the canvas mm. I mean that's the thing for me I, you know it is the experience of painting and seeing what happens it's exper- experimentation so um, yeah no I never use any mediums and I never use any glazes either. oh yeah and do you, are you, do you use particular colours or particular manufacturers no it's a mixture mm. Absolute yeah. mixture. I don't probably tend to have completely high end paints because they are. <laughs> I use so much paint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that occasionally I will treat myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I do understand that there is a difference when you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, different manufacturers say Naples Yellow. Mm. You, know, you get such a range of colours, oh, don't absolutely. you? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And blues, especially. I think blues mm. are ones that are really really make a difference as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever use your um, pigments and mix them up with a binder or? No, 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 no. I think, I mean, I think for me it's well, I mean, these are all things I'm interested in, but I still have children at home and, you know, for me it's really, you know, it's like I'm just burning to get the work out of there. I've, yeah. always, I've got such a backlog of paintings in me that I want to do. <laughs> It's the same way as, you know, and stretching my own canvases. I would love to have the time to do that. I would love yeah. to spend hours, you know, perhaps priming them and getting them ready. But, you know, I really just need to get on painting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes needs must. Mm. And, uh, yeah. I can see I could develop that side in the future and I would like to. I'm intrigued by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you do experiment with different ground colours, don't you? Yes, definitely. Quite a lot. Yes, definitely. That's a very and often they're quite quite dramatic, you know, yeah. the dark grounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, it's those contrasts, isn't it, which, you know, you're really aware of. Um, it, in some ways it's much easier when you have a black background or a dark black ground. Um, the lighter ones are harder mm. to kind of get that kind of tension with the colours. Um, yeah. You know, and also compositionally, I suppose I, I do have certain ways of working that you know you have the I think because my paintings are so sort of kind of full on with the paints and really you know energy and the brush strokes and stuff you really got to have those areas of calm around them yeah or it would just be too much I mean occasionally I have filled the whole (laughs) space (laughs) with the oil paint which you know I enjoy it it works it's a different way of painting but it doesn't quite satisfy don't quite know if they're quite so, so successful because they're possibly too intense. Oh, yeah. I mean, your paintings, although they're, I mean, they've got a sense of flowers, but they're quite abstract yes. as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you are working a lot with uh, different colour relationships, aren't you? No, definitely, definitely. And I think the lovely thing as well with the, with the oils and the gestures, you get these beautiful blended areas as well. Mm. And really unexpected, and I I love it when those happen. When it happens, really do. Um, and then the sort of dense areas are more kind of singular colours. Yeah. Do you scrape down much or? Um, mm, not that much, but yes, if I feel it's not working, I yes, I will go back. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 
but not like our back or somebody who just scrapes off at the end of the day. No. <laughs> Intention is not to do that, <laughs> but if necessary, I will. <laughs> and I think I read that you did a project on Manet. Yes, yes, I've done a lot of work with Manet. Manet, again, is one of my first loves. Mm. And um, I have a series of works that actually Liberty London um, take off me in stock, and they are based on Manet's flower paintings. And he did, um, in the last, I think, year of his life, he did a series of, uh, they're called his last flower paintings, and they are just sublime, they're just incredible to me. And um, I think there's only about 15 of them in Mm. total. Um, But I know them, I've got a bank of them in my head, and... I paint from them occasionally, and mm. yeah, I just absolutely love working with them. So that sounds like a, there's quite an emotional resonance there with those. They're quite poignant, aren't oh, they? they're incredibly poignant, and I just think for him in his life, they were just like encapsulate everything. Friends would they're in you know they're not in high end vases or anything. They're just every day. Yeah, because his friends and people came to see him in the last few time of his life really and he probably get you know he couldn't move around that much you paint the domestic you paint what's around you when you have in that situation Absolutely. and it's just yeah. yes it's kind of his goodbye i think yeah yeah and um you won the jackson art prize mm, yes um, a few years back 2021 yeah so how was that fantastic lovely immense um confirmation of you know what you're doing and you're on the right track and you know yeah. Really, really, really wonderful experience. And yeah. they're such lovely, lovely, lovely supportive people. And yeah. Yes, it was fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah. So I suppose that's opened things up a bit more, has it? Yes, yes. Um, I have had a lot more interest in from galleries and collectors and different areas, definitely. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so going back to the paintings, um, I'm just wondering, do you ever look at the end, you know, at the painting that perhaps inspired you to start on this series? Do you kind of look at them side by side? No, I don't very often. I mean, I'm aware of it, and occasionally I will, if I'm looking for something else, look at it, and maybe if that one's up there, I know which one it's come from, or if it's on my phone, or, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, But no, not really. I'm not really interested in that. I kind of instinctually know it's got what I want in it. Yeah, so really, it's just... They're just like the big set you off on your journey. Yeah. I think all artists will um, sort of have their way in, yeah, to their process. You know, their thing that they're kind of working for, or maybe some people it's it's a season, a feeling. I don't know. It, it's not something visual; it's an emotion or words. You know, yeah. I have words with words actually, and I've done a few paintings from um, poetry, and that's very interesting. Not having visually working on, and then I was definitely thinking about emotion. Yeah. And colour. Yeah. Much more specifically beforehand. And then obviously I've completely forgot about it when I was painting. But it, it was a deliberate decision to yeah. use, say, blue because it was quite a sad poem and it was, you know, different things. Yeah. So you do, you associate some colours with different emotions. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I think, the, you know, I think what I'd like my paintings to get across is that emotion. But... It's backed up, I think, impasto paint for me is incredibly emotional. Yeah. I find, um, you know, my experience of looking at an impasto painting is much more pronounced emotionally than if a painting is flat. Yeah. 
It gives you more of the sense of the hand of the artist, doesn't it? It does, yes. Yeah, and that gesture. Yeah, and it sort of feels almost sculptural. It's a real... It really is frozen in time. There's, a, there's more evidence of that, I think. Yeah, and I think you get that... You know, you do that, get that feeling of time because you can see colours over colours, yes. can't you? Yeah, yeah, so and build-up. Yeah. kind of got a... The painting itself has a durational element, doesn't yeah, it? it has an archaeology to it. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and talk about blue, are there any other colours that uh, you would use emotionally for particular feelings? Probably or? red. Probably mm. the, the, the big one. And uh, black, because it, it, black maybe, yeah, <laughs> all of them have different feelings. I was yeah. thinking about somebody as well um, who I think is, in, and I sometimes think if you use less, it's more. I, I really enjoy painting sort of really sparse. And I was thinking about Cy Twombly's, you know, big paintings with sort of um, you know, tiny bits or big bits of red, and then mm. white, and maybe a tiny bit of black. And it's, it's, yeah, they're so powerful, but yeah, there's not actually that much there, really. It's incredible, isn't it? Yes, um, yeah. So, yes, sometimes less is a lot more, isn't it? It can be, yeah, yeah, especially if you've got an idea that you're mm. trying to get across. Mm. Yeah. But then, with, uh, I'm thinking of some of your flower paintings, they have a real sense of like a bouquet, yes. don't they? So um, there's, you know, there's quite a, lo- uh, quite a lot in them in terms of gesture mm. and, and colour. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So they're kind of memento mori, I suppose. They are totally, absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the kind of, you know, you have the, sur- you have the enjoyment of what's going on on the surface and then I think, you know, a painting that is worth its weight in gold gives over time you know and you can kind of pick away those layers and maybe the depth of understanding and it maybe means different things to you at different points in your life what's going on with you but it you know it will always have something little more to give yeah 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 so thinking thinking color theory um it seems that that's perhaps left at the door when you paint but i imagine that uh, you know you've You've been through all those colour wheels and things in the past. Um, I'm aware of them. <laughs> yeah. And, but I've never really studied it. No. I've been aware of you know, the Delaunay's. I think oh. that's probably one that um, on my art history course was very apparent. Um, yeah. But I, I, I don't want to. It's the same as way. I don't really want to analyse it. You yeah. know, I'm a self-taught painter. You know, I've never been taught how to do any of this. My use of oil paint is completely, I don't know, unique. <laughs> but it does what I want it to do, you know? So yeah. I think often yeah. if you get taught a certain way, you spend your whole life undoing that to find what you really want to say. And I also know when my paintings get tighter, I spend the whole time wanting them looser. So, you know, you're kind of, it's this push-pull, isn't it? Yeah, I do. I understand the, the that wish to not analyse it. you. Yeah. You want to keep the spontaneity, and that's a big part, part yeah. of your and painting. And the enjoyment. It's like, yeah. I don't want somebody else to tell me. I think I, I, I visually know. Yeah, yeah. And just leave it, leave it over there, sort of in your blinkers, in your peripheral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what about the, um, you know, the process of painting? I was thinking about the application of paint. Mm. You were talking about big brushes. Do you use other things as well? Yeah, I use rags. I use my hands. Um, anything which is there at the time <laughs> probably use my hands less than I went through a stage of being very very um, yeah getting into the onto the surface of my 
thinkers. Um, and something very, very aware of, which makes a huge, huge difference, is just making sure you have the right size paint brushes for the size of your canvas yeah. and intentions. Yeah, so you've got some pretty big ones. I've got some big you? ones now, yes, definitely, which has meant I can work much bigger, much quicker. Um, but it allows that fluidity of gesture, I think. And, yeah, it all fits together. Yeah, and it's interesting sitting here um, and seeing the different paintings that you've got, because I think this one's an older one with the... With using much more of a sense of line and open yeah. shape. Yep, 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 yep. Um, that one was probably about five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and it's much more into just sort of, yeah, line, leaving a lot of negative space as well. And yeah. form. And it's like, I think I just basically got to play more and more with different elements. Yes, and it layers. looks as if you're... Like your composition is more something more in, mm. uh, that you're focused on there, mm. whereas um, in the more recent ones, it's the actual mark of the mark making yeah. Yeah. and the kind of the volume mm. of the gesture and the mm. colour. Interesting. I think they have the same pace. I don't think there's a difference in pace. Oh, yeah. So to me, I think yeah. I think the speed is in there. So it's just been that the kind of feel of the work. Yeah. It's the same, it's just that I've used different elements to get the same outcome. Yeah, 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 it's, it's, it's interesting. Mm. Yeah, how they've, de- how they've mm. developed yeah, over time. Really, really, yeah, there's been big shifts, big yeah. shifts. But Do you think they're becoming more abstract? Sometimes, and then yeah. they go back. So yeah. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> this one over here yeah. has got quite a lot of... Um, Mixed brush strokes, hasn't it? Mixed colour. Mm-hmm. And um, harder to tell what the subject matter, matter might have been. It's yeah. much more, yeah, it's a bit more gestural. ambiguous, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Whereas this one yeah. has much more of a sense of flowers. Mm. It really depends on the composition as well, I think. Because if you... Uh, yes, there is a certain way, especially if the flower is in a vase, you know, mm. you've got a certain shape and a certain form and a composition working with. Um, mm. So it just depends how you're pushing it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's quite it's um, quite fascinating. Um, I think also the way that the background and the foreground mm. work together, because sometimes with the bouquets they're kind of held suspended, aren't they, within a yeah. background? Mm-hmm. Whereas with this one, you've gone much more mm. to the edges. Yeah, 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 definitely. No, it's yeah. I, I really enjoy sort of. Pushing it and then pulling it back again, and then pushing it and pulling it back. <laughs> so it's really whether you're taking the whole thing or whether you're working with segments of it. I think that's a big, yeah. big switch. And I wondered if you had any early colour memories, you know, just thinking back. Has colour always been important to you before you started painting? Or... Hmm. That's an interesting question. I'm not sure is the answer. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I was always aware that certain colours made me happier. Mm. Mm. And certain colours made you sort of feel sadder. Um, obviously, I, I've been through lots of gothic black wearing stages <laughs> in my youth. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Yeah. No, I definitely, when I was young, I wanted a yellow bedroom. I was very fixated on that. 
Oh, yeah. Thought quite hard to get. <laughs> 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 a few years later, so, what have I done? <laughs> Probably when I started wearing a lot of black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe there's you know within your childhood you have phases, don't you? When yeah. You have a teenage angst time when you know those sort of colours are much more reflective of who you are. Yeah. And when you're happy, you know you're <laughs> more of a younger person. You're more you know instinctually brighter, aren't you? Well, I think it's perhaps. Uh, about finding out who you are yeah, as well, isn't it? Absolutely. That you explore colours through clothes or mm. uh, your room or whatever. Mm. Yeah. And so, what have you got planned for this year? What's coming up? Um, I have a solo show in Madrid in May. Oh wow! Um, that mm. I am sort of finalising at the moment. So that's a really big thing that's happening yeah. this year, and um, quite a few art fairs and different bits and bobs going on. So yeah, very exciting. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, th- thanks very much, Miranda. It's been really interesting to talk with you, and thanks for sharing. It was a pleasure. It's been lovely. It's really, really interesting actually to take this like strand of your practice and look at it because it is something that I haven't really spent time analysing. So yeah, very, very interesting. Thank you very much for asking me. Thanks to Amanda for a really fascinating insight into her relationship with colour. I'd also like to thank Stuart Bowditch for editing this podcast, Arts Council England for supporting it through a Develop Your Creative Practice grant, and Contemporary British Painting, an artist-led organisation that I'm a member of for helping to publicise it. Thank you for listening. A Geography of Colour is a monthly podcast with a new painter each month talking about their relationship with colour. Do follow it in your podcast player and share it with your friends. You can follow Miranda Bolton, on Instagram and a geography of colour and contemporary British painting. More information and details is in the credits on the podcast itself. Thank you.